finding in your Bible Psalm 88. That was great, joyous music, and I'm going to be preaching from the laments and psalms. Um, earlier this week, I stuck my head in Dr. Russell's office, and he said, how's it going? I said, not good, but I'm preaching on laments this week, so it works out. Um, how many of us uh, would feel at, feel at liberty when someone says to us, how are you? How many of us feel at liberty to give an honest answer? I mean, Usually when someone says to me, how, how are you, I'll say fine, you know, no matter what, I say fine. Uh, when I was a uh, missionary overseas, we do English lessons with uh, people and uh, conversational English, and I'd be teaching them basic greetings, and I'd say, the phrase is, how are you, and the answer is, fine. <laughs> and they said, what if I'm not fine? I say, I don't care. <laughs> the answer is fine. They said, so if an English speaker asks me, how are you? I must say fine. Yes. Why? Because they don't care if you're not otherwise. You're fine. If they care, they will pause, stop in front of you and say, oh, really? Tell me about it. But if they just say, how are you, and they keep walking and don't even hardly stop, the answer is fine. And that's it. We don't like disclosing pain. Now, there are exceptions. I I get emails from exceptions. (laughs) Uh, But um, generally, we value strength. We value Uh, being able to say we're doing well, we're doing great. We value being able to show people the best face that we have. To be honest uh, about inward pain, inward suffering, is seen as weakness quite often. Many of us don't want to put that out there, and honestly, we, as I just said, we don't want to hear it from others either. Uh, When I first uh, got involved with church and started listening to Christian music. My favorite songwriter, singer was Michael Card. And uh, just good acoustic music. I loved it. And he told the story one time about how he wanted to make an album that dealt with his inner, inward pain, his problems with depression, and even in his tendency to want to end his own life at one point in his life. And the record company said, no, you can't do that. You're a Christian leader. You're a Christian songwriter. We can't have you put that out there. It won't won't sell. People don't want to hear it. God's word gives us a picture that is contrary to that. God invites us to pray about what's bothering us. To even be bluntly honest with him about our emotions. He invites us to be honest with it even when it hurts. And he invites us to lament. Now lament is a, basically all that word means is that it's a prayer that is honest communication with God in life's toughest circumstances. That's all it is. And Psalm 88 is an example. Um, 
The psalmist writes there, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eyes grow dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me all together, on on me together. You've caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Well, that was joyful. Uh, Today, I'm going to look at some different psalms. So be ready to flip back and forth or make your thumbs work or however got your Bible with you. And um, just going to look at some different psalms with different kinds of laments. And I could spend a whole lot of time on different kinds of laments, but I've chosen three that I think are common to us. One kind is found in Psalm 38. So if you would be turning there, and it's a kind of a lament that is given over our personal sin. Uh, Psalm 38 and this is David. He, we know Psalm 51 where he confesses sin. Psalm 38, he's also dealing with sin in his own life. And he says here, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, uh, nor discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me, your hands has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate all the day I go about mourning. For my sides are filled with burning and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the the tumult of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fails, and the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest kin stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. But I am like a deaf man. I do not hear like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I have, have, have become like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth are no rebukes. 
but for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. For I said, only let them not rejoice over me who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall and my pain is ever before me. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. But my foes are vigorous. They are mighty. And many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good accuse me because I fall after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Now, in this psalm, David uh, talks about the pain, the agony he is in. Uh, I kind of imagine he's older in life because he talks about his bones hurting. And I can relate to that. Uh, he, he, he is he's suffering and he realizes this is God bringing this suffering upon him because he has sin in his life. And he confesses it. He, he, in verse 4, he said, For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. He, he, he confesses his sin. He confesses his iniquities. And God seems to have caused all this suffering all to, as a way for him to come to that point in his life. To realize, I have sin and I need to confess it. But along with that pain, he also has the pain that his enemies are trying to use his fall as an opportunity to advance ahead of him, to overcome him, to put him down, to get him out of the way, to prevail against him. So he has this concern for his physical well-being, he has this concern for his spiritual well-being, he has this concern because his enemies have come against him. And he basically, basically what a lament is, is it's just complaining to God. It's just saying, God, life's bad. You did it. Now fix it. And in this case, David's saying, my life's bad. You did it. You had good cause. But now fix it. So in this prayer, he expresses trust and faith that God will restore him and grant him victory over his enemies. And you see that in most prayers of lament. Life's bad. I know you did it to me, God. I may not know why, but I know you're going to fix it. There's always that hope amidst pain, usually. We're going to get back to Psalm 88 in a moment. But David here confesses his sin and he's trusting God to restore him. In, in Psalm 43, we find another type of lament. And that's the type of lament that can be prayed when someone sins against us. Here the psalmist writes, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send, my, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with lyre. Oh God, my God, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. 
The problem that the writer is facing here is that he is being attacked by ungodly people. And God isn't helping him fast enough. They've come against him. They've attacked him. He's suffering because of it. And, he, and he's asking, it, it's short, he's saying, it sure does seem like you've rejected me, God. They're the bad ones. I, I, I'm innocent, but you're rejecting me. Where are you? Why am I suffering like this? But then once again, he goes into, I know that you will restore me. I know that you will come through for me. You may say as you're reading this that, and as I pointed out before, it sounds like they're complaining against God. And yes, they are. Now, we... One of the first things I was taught in my Christian walk that turned out to be wrong was never question God. It's okay to ask him a question. It's okay when you're suffering to ask why. Because he probably wants to answer. He probably wants to make it clear to you. And if he, even if he doesn't, he wants to assure you that he has a purpose even if you can't see it. He wants us to draw close to him with all our pain and all our hurt. There, there is a psalm I could have picked, picked out as a lament where, where the psalmist writes, Why do you have... When are you going to take your hands out of the folds of your garment? Basically, God, when are you going to take your hands out of your pocket and do something? That's how frustrated they could be. And guess what? They sang this in church. This is their hymn book. But underlying the question is faith. Verse 5 in Psalm 43, the psalmist turns around and he asks himself the question, or a question. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Once again, there's that hope. Yes, things are bad, but I hope in something better. See, at the heart of lament is not just... Uh, Things are bad. You did it, God. Now fix it. There is also God is good. He created a good world. Sin messed it up. And he's going to fix it. Only God can do something about it. And someday he will. We see that in the next reason for lament. And that is a lament over injustice. Psalm 94. O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Repay to the proud what they deserve. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words, all the evildoers boast. They crush your people, O God, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and the murder of the fatherless. They say, the Lord does not see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O oh, dullest of people, 
fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord, knows the thoughts of man, that they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, Lord, and whom you teach out of your law, to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and the upright in heart will follow it. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against the evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast Lord, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart were many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can wicked rulers be allied with you? Those who frame injustice by statute. They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold. And my God, the rock of my refuge, he will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out from their wickedness. The Lord, our God, will wipe them out. Here the psalmist laments that there's injustice in the world and there's a lack of justice in the world. Now, I recognize that the words justice and injustice today can make people nervous. They've become political words. But they're not Marxist words, not socialist words, they're not Democrat words, they're not Republican words, they're not American words, they're God's words. He defines what justice is. And he says that he will judge injustice. In this psalm, what we find is that they're arrogant, wicked, evil-doing people, and they're having their way, and they're attacking the weakest and most vulnerable in society. In fact, in verse 20, he suggests that these wicked people are rulers, and they're changing the laws to be able to get away with what they're doing. They're killing the most vulnerable in society, the widow, the orphan, the sojourner. Now, the sojourner, that's a fancy word for foreigner, immigrant. That's who they're going after. That's who they're attacking because those people can't do anything about it. They don't have family to help them. They don't have, uh, they don't have a system that's in place to help them. They can be taken advantage of. And here's the thing. God cares about how people are treated particularly the most vulnerable. For those who are uncomfortable with the ideal of justice in Scripture, don't read the minor prophets. Don't read the prophets. Because it comes out on every page. Actually, I want you to read that so you can figure it out. When the when a person or a people who bear God's image are treated unjustly, God cares and his people should care as well. And we should care enough that even when we can't do anything about it seemingly, we can pray and we can lament that things are the way they are. Because as this psalm has said, yes, there is wickedness, 
that there is a God who is just who will do something about it. Now, I could go on and on with examples a little bit because Psalms has lots of them. Uh, In fact, some people call them Psalms of complaint. And one thing I remember very clearly from seminary, and there's a few things, there's a lot I don't remember very clearly from seminary, but one thing I do remember is there are more Psalms of complaint than there are Psalms of praise. Why? Because people wrote them. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but they wrote what was on their heart. And we complain a lot. There's one more example of lament I want to highlight. Now, as I've pointed out, most laments have expressions of hope. They have that moment that says, I know God will come through. I know God will lead me to, back into fellowship with him. I know God will will strike the wicked. I know God will come and be on my side. But then you have Psalm 88. This psalm has a lot of questions. It doesn't have a lot of answers. He prays for healing. He doesn't say it comes. He, play, he, prays, he prays for relief, it doesn't come. He prays for emotional peace, it doesn't come. There is no expression of hope. There's nowhere where he says, Lord, I know you're going to come through. Sometimes we pray... And we just don't feel the hope is there. Sometimes we pray and we don't feel that things are going to work out really. There's not going to be healing. There's not going to be financial relief. There's not going to be emotional peace. There's not going to be justice in this world. The wayward child is not going to come home. Whatever weighs on the mind, you pray and you pray and you pray and you've prayed for years. And it's gotten to the point where you're saying, when are you ever going to answer this prayer, God? But even in this psalm, there is that spark of faith that keeps him praying. Evidently, he's dealt with this pain and this suffering for a long time. But he, he says, I cry out day and night before you. He's still praying. And as I mentioned earlier, this was a hymn. This is what they sang as part of their worship. This was worship. God, I have no hope, but I'm still here, and I'm still coming to you. You haven't answered my prayer, but I'm praying anyway. How can we pray when we don't have the, how can we have faith, how can we worship when there's no relief? How can we be honest with God when it still hurts so much?
See, these psalms can be used as prayers. And the reason we can pray when there's so little hope and when it's so dark is that someone in the New Testament prayed a prayer of lament that came from a psalm. On the cross, Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because Jesus suffered at that moment, we can pray knowing that better days are ahead. Because at that moment, as Jesus was on the cross, our sins were placed on him And for the first time in all eternity, and the only time in all eternity, the relationship between God the Father and God the Son was broken. And the wrath that the Father had for our sins, that God has for our sins, was placed upon the Son. And He died in our place on the cross. And if you have placed your faith in him for your salvation, if you've placed your faith in him that what he did on the cross was sufficient for you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have hope no matter what the circumstances are. And you can keep praying and you can keep seeking his face. Because if it's physical suffering, one day we will all be healed. If it is emotional pain, one day all our tears will be dried away. If it is physical pain, it will be taken away. If it is mourning, it will be taken away. Because death will be no more and we'll be in his presence for all eternity. When Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That lament. Is the foundation of our hope. And we can keep hoping and we can keep praying and we can keep turning to Him. Christians, don't be afraid to be honest with God when you pray. Don't be afraid to be honest with each other. If I ask, How are you? you can say, Not so good. And let's be that way for each other. If God cares about the hurt and pain of others enough to hear their hard words, we need to hear them as well. If God cares about how others are treated and if they get justice or not, we must care also. So let's pray with honesty. This morning as you're here, perhaps you're here and you've got something you need to lament about. We're going to sing a song in a moment. Feel free to come, to pray here, to pray where you are. Perhaps you are here this morning and you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never realized how much God loves you until this moment, till this day. Put your faith in him today. We invite you to do that. Let's pray. Let's seek him. Father, I thank you for uh, your word because it has a lot of hard words in it. And you allow us to be honest with you. Father, I know there's a lot of people hurting. A lot of people hurting here. A lot of people hurting in our community. A lot of people who are hurting all over the world. 
Father's people hurting in Afghanistan and Haiti and other parts of the world today, and we pray that you'd be with them. But Lord, right now, in this place, whatever pain, whatever hurt is here, we pray that you will touch and that you'll give hope, that you'll give us a glimpse of your glory in the midst of our pain, that we might trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.